Taflam and Aleph. The top of the Amr the Gemara says, Tanur Rabbanon, Sukkah Gzulav Amsakech Mishasarabim, somebody who steals a sukkah or he makes a sukkah Mishasarabim, Rebelezer Paisul Achom Machshir, and Rebelezer holds. It's Paisul Achom Machshir. Rav Nachman explains the Machlaikis to be talking about a case where Ruven threw Shimon out of his own sukkah. So Ruven wound up using Shimon's sukkah on Shimon's property. And the Chachom and Rebelezer really argue in two parallel machlaikasim. First of all, Rebelezer holds karka is nigzeles. One can actually steal karka, and therefore it's considered a sukkah gzula, whereas the Chachamim hold the karka ain't nigzeles. There's no gzela on karka, and therefore it's not a sukkah gzula. Therefore they hold one may be yoytze in his friend's sukkah in such a case. And Rebelezer holds another point that he would argue on the Chachamim, he holds, even if you're going to say that Kaka ain't an exelus, and Staka not a stolen sukkah, still when the Torah said it has to be your sukkah, Chagah sukkah is tasalacha, the Torah was a mayat, not only a stolen sukkah, the Torah was actually a mayat, a borrowed sukkah as well. Rebelezer holds the sukkah has to belong to the person who's doing the mitzvah. Therefore, even if you're going to say the Kaka is not an exel, when Ruvain threw Shimon out of a sukkah and used Shimon's sukkah, it's not that Ruvain made Kenyan exhale, it's not that Ruben actually stole the sukkah away from Shimon, nevertheless, Rebelezer holds he can't be Yitzhak, because it's no better than a borrowed sukkah. And therefore, according to Rebelezer, a borrowed sukkah is not a sukkah that somebody could be Yitzhak with, whereas the Chachamim argue, and hold that a sukkah shu'ula is kosher, the Torah was only memayit, a sukkah gzula, a sukkah shu'ula, one could be Yitzhak, a borrowed sukkah, one could be Yitzhak with his friend sukkah, and therefore, the character is not mixed according to the Chachamim, and there's no psul of sukkah therefore Ruvain is Yaitzai, even though he threw Shimon out of his sukkah. That's how the Gemara attaches the Machlaikis from Belezer and the Chachamim. Now Rashi points out that the Machlaikis from Belezer and the Chachamim is if Ruvain threw Shimon out of his own sukkah, and the Gemara says that Belezer holds Karkas Nixelas, and therefore it's a sukkah and the Chachamim say Karka ain't Nixelas, therefore it's not a sukkah Rashi explains. We're talking about that he threw him out of the sukkah. He's using the sukkah. He didn't really steal a karka. So Rashi says, Whatever is connected to the karka, the sukkah which is connected to the karka, has a din of karka, and therefore, according to Belezer, it's a sukkah gzula, because he holds karka as an exelus. And according to the Chachamim, it's not a sukkah gzula because they hold karka as not an exelus. And Rekiveiger in Gilean Ashas sends us to a chuvas ponim irois. Chelek Bez, it's really Simon Kuf, Ayin Aleph. It's a Tos Hatfus that it says Koflamad Aleph. And Sim Kufayinaf, Panam Iris, has a very hard time understanding Rashi. The halacha is that we hold Tolosh Lubsayf Chibre, something that was originally Tolosh, that was originally not connected to the Karaka. And eventually, afterwards, he was Machabrit, he did connect it. The halacha is that it's not considered a Machabra the Karaka. It doesn't have a din of Machabra, it's a din of Tolosh. There are many sugyas and shas that deal with this. There are many, many nafkiminis lahalocha, the gabi mikvah, the gabi gzela, the gabi shaymrim, the gabi shuiz. How do we deal with telashul b'sayv chibre? The ikar alocha is the telashul b'sayv chibre, something that was originally not connected and afterwards it connected to the ground, has a din of telash, doesn't have a din of mechubar. According to that, ask the Panamiris, what's Rashi talking about? Rashi says the reason that the Chacham say the sukkah is not nigzal because. Karka in Nixelis, and it's Mechubar Lekarka, therefore it has a din of Karka. This is not considered Mechubar. This is Talosh Lubsev Chibra. He didn't build the sukkah out of things that were connected to the ground. He chopped down wood, 
made boards, made schach, and he put up a sukkah. Why is that considered mechubala karka? It's tolush l'b'sayv chivrei. It was originally tolush, and afterwards he connected to the karka. That doesn't have a din of karka. So the Panamiris really understands the sugya, and there's a mogin avram like this in Sim Tafresh Lam Zayin. Also, the Gilean Ashas points out, the touch of the Gemara over here is, of course the sugya is not considered mechubar. The reason the Gemara is titled this sugya, whether karka is nigzal or not, is because if somebody stole karka, and there was an animal, a keli, on the karka that was stolen, according to the shita that holds karka nigzalus, not only is the gazlan considered a gazlan on the karka, he actually is considered a gazlan on the keli or on the behemo that's sitting on the karka. And he's chayi bachrais if a flood comes and destroys the keli or kills the animal, the gazan's chayv on the animal and the kli also. He's chayv ba'insen on anything that he stole. And therefore, since he stole the karka, he was kaina the things that are on the karka ba'agav. He gets the metalflin together with the karka that he stole. He's chayv ba'chrais and he has to pay to the nigzal not only the karka that was ruined, but actually the keli, the metalflin that were on the karka. So before Shigemar and Dafkufidzainamadbasin Babakama. Therefore, Gemara means to say, true, the sukkah is a talush. But he never made a Maisa Kenyan on the sukkah. He never made a Hagba or Mashicha or any other Kenyan on the sukkah. He just threw Shimon out of the sukkah and used it. He is a Ganav on the Karka. Now if we say that Karka Nigzela, so what happened was he stole the Karka, and therefore by the mere fact that the sukkah is on top of this karaka that he stole, he's going to be chayv and achrayis of the sukkah also. And the sukkah is stolen to him as well. Therefore, Elazar holds it's a sukkah gzula. Whereas Achav will hold the karaka in exelas. So therefore, since he wasn't zaycha in the karaka, he's not going to be zaycha in the sukkah as well. He never made a mashich or hagba on the sukkah. The only way he'd be able to be considered a gazlan on the sukkah is if he actually made a maizakin, which he didn't do, unless... Karka Nixelis and the metalthan on top of the karka go along automatically with the karka that's stolen. Since the Chachamim hold karka ain't an Nixelis, so he wasn't Zaych the karka, and he never made a Maisa Kenyan on the sukkah, therefore the sukkah is not considered a sukkah gzulo, and that's why the Gemara says that whether the sukkah is considered a sukkah gzulo or not a sukkah gzulo is totally whether karka is an Nixelis or not an Nixelis, not because the sukkah is considered karka, rather the sukkah is on top of the karka, and if the karka is an Nixelis, he automatically becomes a gazlan on the sukkah. If the karka is not an Nixelis and he didn't make a Maisa Kenyan on the sukkah, he is not going to be considered a gazlan on the sukkah, and therefore the Chachamim say, Reuben is Yitzah with Shem and sukkah, in this case where he threw him out of his sukkah. Now, going further in the Gemara, Rav Nachman says, the Machlech Shemalaz and the is if Reuven threw Shimon out of his own sukkah. But if Reuven stole Shimon's Eitzim, he stole Shimon's wood, and he put it up as Chach, in such a case, both according to the Chachamim and Rebelezer, he is Yitz, it's considered his sukkah, and he just has to pay Shimon back for the wood that he stole. Why is that? So Rashi explains. It's not a stolen sukkah and it's not a borrowed sukkah. Even Rebelezer holds that Reuven is Yaitza with this wood that he stole from Shimon and put up in his sukkah. Why? Rashi explains. the Rashi says he was kind because he made both a Shinoi Maisa. He put it on top of the sukkah. He used it as his roof. And Shinoi Hashem, now it's considered Tzchach. So therefore, 
he is going to be Yitzah as he's kinded with these two Shinoyim together. Not only that, Rashi says another reason he's going to be considered the owner of this wood is because of Tekhanas HaShavim. Even if we say he wasn't Zaycha in the wood Medina, al Kenyan of a Shinui, nevertheless he still doesn't have to give the wood back. He owns the wood because of Tekhanas HaShavim. As the Chachavim said that if somebody takes a piece of wood and puts it in his building, he doesn't have to pay back the actual wood. He doesn't have to destroy his building to give the Nigzal back the wood that he stole. Rather, he just owes him money as the Chachavim to make it easier for people to do tshuva. Now, Tyson's asked on Rashi, what does Rashi mean that because it's Shimi Hashem and Shimi Maisa, therefore Medina, the Gazlan is Kaina, is Eichen this wood, and he just owes money to the Nigzal? Tyson asked, Shimi Hashem, just as you put the wood in Eschach, you could take it out, and it'll be the same thing that it was before. Such a shinui is not kaina. The text doesn't understand why Rashi understands that this shinui would be kaina the wood for the gazel. To answer Rashi, you could say really, Rashi holds what Texas writes on the bottom of Daflam and Beis. Texas asks the Kashna, when the Gemara asks that he should be zaycha in the hadasim through shinui Hashem before he puts in the lulav, it's called an asa. And after he puts it in the little what's called the Hishana, let the Vankri be Zayacha in the Hadasim with Shinai Hashem. So Taisa asks the Kash, what do you mean this should be Zayacha with Shinai Hashem? It's Shinai Choy's Libriyasai. When you put it into the Lulav, it's called the Hishana. And the second you take it out, it'll be back into its original name of Asa. So why would that Katsu do Shinai since it's Choy's Libriyasai? So Taisa's answers in a second Teretz. By Shinui Hashem that has no Shinui Maisa together with it, in such a case, we say that a Shinui Hashem is not Kaino. But if the Shinui Hashem comes together with a Shinui Maisa, such a case, even if it's Chayz Libriyasa, Taisus understands that our Gemara holds that such a Shinui Hashem will be Zaycha for the Gazlan even though it's Chayz Libriyasa, since there's a Shinui Maisa that comes together with it. The Svar on that is true, a Shinui Chayz Libriyasa is not such a serious Shinui, it can be returned to its original state, so that's not going to change it enough to be considered that the Gazlan Likaina. However, if there's two Shinuiim, there's also a Shinui Hashem and also a Shinui Maisa, those two small Shinuiim that are Chayz Libriyasa, when they work together, that's considered already a big shinui, and such a shinui is going to be zaycha for the gazan. According to that, Teretz and Taisvis, we can say that's really Taichin Rashi over here also. Rashi that says that when he takes the Eitzim and he puts it in a sukkah, it's going to be zaycha for the gazan through shinui Hashem and shinui Maisa. And Taisvis asks, what do you mean? It's shinui Hashem Libriyasai. Rashi is going according to Taisa's Shita that we mentioned, that when it's a Shinui Maisa and a Shinui Hashem, both together, in such a case, even though it's Chayzul Libriyasai, the Gazlan is Zaycha through such a Shinui. Now, regarding the Iker Halacha, that if he stole wood and he put it on the Schach, he's Zaycha in the Eitzim and he does not have to give back the wood, he just has to pay the Nigzal money, and therefore it's considered that it's not a Sukkah Gazula, he owns the Schach. Magnaram points out that if the Gazlan doesn't want to pay the money for the Eitzen, 
In such a case, it's not going to be Yaitzah. There's no Takana Sashavim over there. Now, that Magan of Rum is obviously going according to the Mahalach and Rashi that the reason he keeps the Eitzim is because of Takana Sashavim and not because he's Zaycha B'Shinoi. And with Sadr, he's Zaycha B'Shinoi. It makes no difference whether he pays back. He's Chayv to pay back because he's a Ganif, but he can keep the Eitzim because he owns the Eitzim through Shinoi. Now, in the sheet of the Magan of Rum, the Pshat is that if the Ganav said, I'll pay the Nigzal after Sukkis, he's going to be Eitzah. And if he says, I'm not paying him for the wood that I stole, in such a case, there's no Takana Sashavim. And therefore, he's not going to be Eitzah through Sukkis. It's a Sukkik as he does not own that wood, as there's no Takana Sashavim. Now, what can come to the conclusion that if the Nigzal screams at the Gath and says, pay me, and the Gasm doesn't pay right away, it's also going to be considered a Sukkah because maybe there's no Takana Sashavim in such a case. That would be a mistake. As Rikhi points out from the story of Hahisafta that came screaming to Rav Nachman that the people of the Reshkalusa's house stole wood from her, and they're sitting in a Sukkah Rav Nachman said, she's making a mistake. They're Yaitzei as the only her money. That's what Rav Nachman said. She's a woman who screams. She only is entitled to get reimbursed monetarily, but they don't have to give her the wood back. We don't see that Rav Nachman told the people of the Rosh to pay immediately. He wasn't misyaches. He didn't deal with the actual payment. He says they owe her money, but he didn't say that they should go pay. You see from there, says Rabbi that even if it's not paid upon demand, as long as eventually the Nigzal gets reimbursed, at that point the Gazlan is Zaycha and the Wood Mafreya because of Takaras Hashavim. What the Magrav Ram must mean is if the person says, I'm not paying and doesn't intend on paying, and in such a case, there won't be any Takaras Hashavim. But if there is no payment and even no acceptance of liability, and declaration that it'll pay, even if there's none of that. As long as there's no clear intention of not paying, once the Gazlan actually reimburses the Nigzal, at that point is Zaycha and the Wadl Mafreya, and therefore will be Yaitza the Mitzvah of Sukkah. As we see from the Maisa of Rav Nachman and the next piece of Gemara. Now going slightly further on the Gemara, Gemara says, Amr Ravina, a beam of a roof that was stolen. If somebody stole the beam and put it in their sukkah, we say there's takonas meirish, and they only have to pay back the money, and they can be yet to the mitzvah sukkah with that beam. The Gemara continues and says, That's only during the week of sukkah. But after the week of sukkah, he has to give the beam back. If he connected it with Tina, the Gemara says that even after Sukkot, he does not have to give the beam back. He just can pay back money and that'll be enough. Now, there's a Mechlekes Rashi in the Ritva over here, how to explain this halacha, that after Sukkot, he has to give the beam back. He cannot be Yitzah by giving back money. According to Rashi, the way the Ritva explains, doesn't matter when the Nigzal was Teveya the Gazlan, in any situation, 
during Sukkot, the Gaslam can keep the beam, the piece of wood, in his Sukkah. After Sukkot, unless he connected it with Tina, unless he incorporated it into the building by building it Kavua, the Gazlan must return the actual beam. He understand that from Rashi, as Rashi says in Debra Masal Neitakonas Meirish, that we say the mitzvah mashvile kol shiva kabinyan kva. The entire seven days of Sukkis, the mitzvah itself makes it a binyan kva. After Sukkis, it's not binyan kva anymore. He has to give the beam back. However, the Ritva himself learns differently. The Ritva understands that when the Gemara says, Teich Shiva, he doesn't have to give back the wood, he can keep it and pay back money. After Shiva, he has to give back the beam itself. The Ritva explains those words in the Gemara to mean that if the Nigzal was Tiveya, the Gazlan, on Sukkis, Teich Zayin, then he just has to pay him money, the Gazlan can keep the wood for himself. If he was Tiveya, the Gazlan, Achar Zayin, after the seven days of Sukkot, in such a case, the Gazlan must give the actual beam back to the Nigzal and not just money. The Chayar Taich in the Ritva is that during Sukkot, if there's a Tviya, at that point the Chachom were Kiveya, that Chayv to be a monetary Chayv, as the Chachom say, you may keep the wood in your Sukkot. If he was Tevayim after Sukkot, in such a case, since it's not Kavua, it's not set up in the Binyan permanently, in such a case he has to return the actual beam. As Chazal warrants Mafkia, they didn't undo the Chayv of the wood. Whereas if the Tviya was in Sukkot itself, Chazal said in that point, you don't have to give back the wood, so it stays a monetary Chayv even after Sukkot finishes. Now there's a tremendous nafkamin in this Machloikis between Rashi and the Ritzvah how to touch the Gemara over here. Besides for the Halach HaLamais and our Gemara, whether if he's him on Sukkot, that according to Rashi he has to give back the beam after Sukkot, according to the Ritzvah he could pay money after Sukkot. Besides that, there's another Nafkamina. There's a big Machloikis, Rishonim, if a Kenyan Lazman, a Kenyan that's set up for X amount of time, does that Kenyan constitute enough bailas to make something Lochem? The Halach is that Somebody can be makna his dalan minim and sukkis to his friend with a matanam aslahachser. Reuven gives Shimon his esrig, matanam aslahachser, and Shimon has to give it back to Reuven after he finishes using it. Now, the question is when Shimon gives Reuven back the dalan minim, does he have to be makna to haknogimur? Does it have to be an actual real kinyan for Reuven to be zeicha in the dalan minim once again to get his dalan minim back? Or not? Does it automatically revert back to him once Shimon is done using it? It doesn't have to really be kind it once again. What's the shail? The shail is, is Matalam Aslahachser a full Kenyan with a Tanai? It's not a Kenyan Lizman. It's not a temporary Kenyan. It's totally owned by Shimon. And then Shimon has to be makna it in return to Ruvain in order to Mikhaim as Tanai. But if it was just a temporary Kenyan, then... Such a kinyan wouldn't be considered lachem. The Rosh holds like that, the Ritva holds like that. When Shimon gives it back to Reuben, he has to totally makna to him. If it was just a kind of kinyan, a kinyan lazman, a temporary kinyan, in such a case, Shimon would not be able to be yoytza, it wouldn't be considered lachem. A temporary bainless is not considered lachem. However, there are other Rishonim that learn that the whole gather of 
Mathalamas is it's a temporary Kenyan, it's a Kenyanless man. It's not a full bilus owned by Shimon. And therefore, when Shimon is finished using it, Ruvain doesn't have to make another Kenyan in order to be Zaychan it once again. There's actually a tremendous nafkamina Lagabi giving a cut in a Matanamas Lahachser. If he needs the magnet to return it to the original Bailam, you can't give a cut in Matanamas Lahachser. If the halacha of Matanamas Lahachser is just a Kenyan Lazman, so the second the cut and finishes using it, automatically it reverts back to the original Bailam. Brings a raya from our sugya that a Kenyan lazman is considered lachem. He brings a raya to the rishonim that argue on the rush and the ritva. In our gemara, you see that the gazlin keeps the beams on sukkis. According to Rebbe it has to be yours. Chagas sukkis tasselacha means that the person who's using the sukkah has to actually own the sukkah. Still. The Gemara says over here, because of the Tekhanus Meirish, he's allowed to keep it the entire week of Sukkot. After Sukkot, he's going to have to give it back. Yet Rebelezer holds that since he has it now for the week of Sukkot, it's a Kenyan Lazman. Nevertheless, that's enough of a Bailus to be considered Chagasukas Taslacho, to be considered that it's his, and therefore, according to Rebelezer, is Yaitzi. It's a clear arrive from our Gemara, that a Bailus of a Kenyan Lazman, a temporary Bailus, is enough of a Bailus to be considered yours. However, L'chayr, this Avnimulam's Kasha, is totally in the Machlaikas of Rashi and the Ritva that we mentioned before. And Echanami, according to Rashi, since after the week is over, whatever the case is, no matter when the Nigzal was Teveya, the Gazlan, the Gazlan has to return after Sukkot, Etaka is a Kenyan Lazman, and it's arrived from here that a Kenyan Lazman is considered enough bailus that it should be considered Lachem. However, the way the Ritva learns, the gather of the Kenyan over here is not a Kenyan Lazman. According to the Ritva, Chazal were makne, the Eitzim, that the Gazlan used in the Sukkah entirely to the Gazlan. If the Nigzal was Tavea the Gazlan during Sukkot. Chazalun Mafkia the Chiyuv of giving back the Eitzim. And they said the Gazlan owns it entirely and he just has to give back the money. So it's not a Kenyan Lazman, it's a full entire Kenyan. Not only that, even in the case where after Sukkot the Nigzal is Tavea the Gazlan, in such a case the Ritva touches Argomar that he has to give back the Eitzim and it won't suffice by paying money, it could be. That Chazal Masakin, that in such a case he has to give the Eitzim to the Nigzal. That's part of their Taikana. But it was a full Kenyan during Sukkot. You see, if the Nigzal is Tevea the Gazlan during Sukkot, the Gazlan keeps the Eitzim. Chazal were totally Makna to him. So even in a case where the Nigzal was Tevea the Gazlan after Sukkot, it still could be that they were entirely Makna to him. It was his, entirely. And he has to be Makna the Eitzim that he owns after Sukkot back to the Gazlan with a full Kenyan. That's part of the Takara. They said if you're Nitva after Sukkot, then give it to the Nigzal. But during Sukkot, it was totally owned by the Gazlan. It wasn't the Kenyan Lazman, and therefore there's no Kasha on the Shitas that hold Kenyan Lazman is not Lachem from our Sukkot. According to the Ritva, it's not a Kenyan Lazman in our Sukkot. It's a full 
entire Kenyan. For sure, if the Tviya was during Sukkot, and even if it was after Sukkot, the gather is that Chazal said in the Takana, give it back, be it to the Nigzal, even though you taka own it entirely. Now, getting back to the Rashi that we mentioned earlier, that when someone steals Eitzim, and they use it in a sukkah, either there's Eichanet al-Shinri, or there's Eichanet al-Takana al-Shavim, and they don't have to give it back, so Rashi has the Kasha. If that's the case, where do we ever have the Eichatim, so where the Gemara says, that Chagah Sukkah is Tasselacha, that a sukkah Zula you're not Yaitza with, when does that case ever apply? The Gemara clearly says, if Reuven throws Shimon out of his own sukkah, that Karkan exiles according to the Chachamim, it's not a sukkah Zula. If he stole wood, we say it's not a sukkah Zula because either he's Zaychanet al Shinoi or it's Takaran Sashavim. Where do we ever find the case of sukkah Zula? Now, Taisus really is not bothered by this at all. Taisus says Takaran Sashavim is only a Rabbanan. So the Pasuk's talking with the Yeraisa. What the Takana Sashalim deals with is a Takana that happens after the Pasuk. However, Rashi is not comfortable with that. Rashi says the case of Sukkah Zula, the Gemara says in the second parak, the Chomer Maida, that if somebody steals a Sukkah, he's not Yaitzai, is talking about a case where the Sukkah is on a wagon or on a boat. In such a case, since it's not connected to the Karka, can be stolen. And since there's no Takana Sashavim, because he wasn't Tereach in building it, Takana Sashavim is only if somebody works hard by building something. But if he just stole the ready-made sukkah, that's not Mechobar Lekarach. In such a case, that's considered a sukkah Gzula, and therefore, that's where the Chum say, one is not going to be Yitzel, to the Rosh of Chag to exclude a sukkah Gzula. However, Taisus says we don't have to come on to such a extreme case where the sukkah is on a boat or the sukkah is on a wa- wagon, which is metaltal. It's not connected to the karaka. Taisus says I can talk about a regular sukkah that's sitting on the karaka and still it's possible to have a case where it's considered a sukkah gzula. What's the case? Taisus writes that Ruvain built a sukkah in Shimon's chotzer without permission. Shimon went ahead and threw Ruvain out of the sukkah that he built in Shimon's Chatzah. Now, in such a case, even if you hold Karka in Nixalus, this is not in Ruvain's Karka. Shimon is stealing Ruvain's sukkah, and this sukkah is actually situated in Shimon's Chatzah. Now, normally when the sukkah is in the Rishus of the Nixalus, of Karka in Nixalus, so the sukkah is not Nixal. But over here, where the Karka belongs to the Gazlan himself. It's just a matter of stealing the sukkah. In such a case, the sukkah will be considered a sukkah zula, and therefore, Shimon won't be It's not a shula because Ruvi never lent it to him, and he stole it. I Karka and Exalus. That's only if it's the Karka of the Bailam. Karka always is in the Rishus of the Bailam. In this case, the Ruven sukkah is in Shimon's Rishus, so even if it's Mechubar Lekarka, since it's Mechubar to Shimon's Karka, it can be Nigzal, and therefore he won't be Yaitzei as the Sukkah Gzula. That's Taisus's Teretz, that it's Shaykh Karka Nigzelus, where the thing that's Mechubar to the Karka is not on the Karka of the Nigzal. Kiveger in Gilead Shas, however, asks a Peldic, a cash on this Taisus. It comes out from Taisus. 
that even though a sukkah is considered karka, as it's mechubar la karka and karka ain't in exilus, since it's not in Ruvain's Rishwas, it's not in the Nigzal's Rishwas, it's in the Gazlan's Rishwas. In such a case, we say Karka Nigzalus. Asr Kiva Eger, if that's the case, so if somebody steals Avodim, it says that Avodim are Hukshulu Karkois, and just like Karka is not Nigzal. Avodim are not considered Nigzal. If somebody were to steal an Evid, if Ruvain steals Shimon's Evid and brings him to his Rishwas, according to Tysus's logic, that if the Karka that's Nigzal is not in the Bailam's Rishos, it's in the Gazan's Rishos. We do say Karka is Nigzal. So, likewise, if Ruben steals Shimon's Avodim and brings them to his property, in such a case, we should say that the Avodim are Nigzal. And we know the fact is, if somebody steals Avodim and brings them to his Rishos, we say Avodim are not considered Nigzal. Just like Karka is not Nigzal, so Avodim are not Nigzalis. If somebody steals Avodim and he brings them to his Rishos and they die, something happens to them. The halach is that the gazlan is potter, because just like Karka is not nixelis, Avadim are not nixelis, and according to Taisus, as long as it's not in the Rishus of the nixel, in such a case we do say Karka is nixel, the Chayar Taisus is a Chiddush against the halacha. So the stipler over here answers to truths. And first the stipler answers that the reason Avadim are not nixelis, even when they're in the Rishus of the gazlan, is because the Rishos of the Evid is always considered the Rishos of the Bailam. Yad Evid ki Yad Rabbi, the hand of the Evid is like the hand of the Master. And therefore, in the case where Reuven stole Shimon's Evid and he brought Shimon's Evid into his Rishos, it's as if Shimon's Evid is in Shimon's Rishos, because Yad Evid ki Yad Rabbi, wherever he is, he's considered in the property of his Master. The Ksais uses such a svar in Simon Peiches that if there's a suffix, if the Evid was considered still an Evid or he was an Ishtacharer, the suffix of the Shechar happened, we say the Evid is still considered an Evid because of the Cheskas Marakama of the Master. I, the Evid, is Muxak in himself. So that should be stronger than the Cheskas Marakama of the Master. The Ksais says, we don't say that because Yad Evid Kiyad Rabboi. Wherever the Evid is, it's considered as if the master is being typhus in him. So wherever there's a suffix, each one is considered a suffix mochzik. It could be the Evid is mochzik in himself. It could be the other is mochzik in him because Yad Evid Kiyad Rabbi. And therefore, the Cheskos Marakam is going to outweigh the suffix. Therefore, the Thaipur says, Rukhidegar, who asks, why do we save Ruben steals Shimon Zavadim? Brings him to his Rishos, do we say... It's still considered that the Avadim are not Nigzal either in Reuven's Rishos, now they're not in Shemin's Rishos. The answer is that they are still in Shemin's Rishos. However, afterwards, the Thaipur says another Mahalach to explain Taisus in face of Kiregir's Kasha. What Taisus means to say that Karka in Nigzalas normally has two parts to it. First of all, there's no Chiv Ashava, there's no Chiv Einsen. He doesn't have any achrayis because he did not take it out of the Bailam's Rishos. It's still in his Rishos, and therefore there's no Kinyan Exela. It didn't go into the Gazan's Rishos. Besides that, there's no Isser. He didn't do a Mais Exela. That's how many Rishayim learn. Not only is there no Kinyan Exela, there's no Isser Exela either. So Taisa says that that we say that there's no Kinyan Exela, no Isser Exela, that is only on condition that it's still in the Rishos of the Nigzal. 
So there's no Kinyan Exela, no Isra Exela. If the Karka that's being stolen is not in the Rishos of the Nigzal anymore, like the case of Taisus writes that Reuven built a sukkah in Shimon's Rishos and Shimon pushed Reuven out of the sukkah. So now the sukkah is not in Reuven's Rishos. Of course, Karka and Nigzelas, that there's no Kinyan Exela for Shimon, that stays. That doesn't make a difference whether it's in Ruven's Rishos or the character that's being stolen is in Shimon, the Gazan's Rishos. In any case, Shimon won't have any Achrayas as Karka in Nixelas. There's no Kinyonic Zayla, there's no Achrayas Gzela for a character, no matter where it is. And therefore, if somebody steals Avadim, if Ruven steals Shimon's Avadim and brings him to his Rishos, there still won't be any Achrayas Gneva, there won't be any Chiyuv Einsen on Ruven. The halacha is karkas not nigzela, avodim are not and therefore there's no achrayis gzela. However, l'gabi the iser gzela that there isn't by karka. That's only if the karka that's being stolen is in the rishus of the nigzel. In our case, where Shimon stole Ruvain's sukkah that was sitting on Shimon's property, in such a case there won't be any achrayis gzela, but there will be the iser gzela. The iser loy sigzel Shimon was over. When Ruven steals Shimon's slaves and brings them to his Rishus, true, there's no Achrayis Gzela on the Avadim, there's no Kinyanim, and therefore there's no Chiyiv Einsen. But the Isra Gzela he did, even though Karko or Avadim is not Nigzal. Therefore, the stifler explains Taisus to mean when the Gemara says that one is not Yaita with Sukkah Gzul, and Taisus explains that to mean the case where Ruven built a Sukkah on Shimon's property, and then Shimon threw Ruvain out of his own sukkah. Since the sukkah is on Shimon's property, it's Nigzal. It means to say, of course there's no Achrayis Gzela, but there is the Isser Gzela. Since it's the Isser Gzela that happened, it's going to be a mitzvah haba'a Normally, the reason that if somebody steals a sukkah where Ruvain throws Shimon out of a sukkah, it's not a mitzvah haba'a because there was no Isser Gzela. Not only is it not a Chavtzegzula, it doesn't have the kinyonim and the chrayis of gzela. There's also no aver of loisigzol. However, in Tysus's case, where Ruvain built a sukkah on Shimon's property, and Shimon threw Ruvain out of the sukkah, where there is an iser of loisigzol, there's no achrayis gzela, but there's the iser that he did, in such a case it's going to be considered a mitzvah and therefore he's not going to be yotzei. The case of Kivegar is talking about by Avadim, where Reuven stole Shimon's Avadim and brought them to his Rishos, that we say Avadim are not stolen, of course Avadim are not Nigzolais. There's no Achrayis Gzela on it, there's no Chiv Einsen. But Isra, of course he did an Isra. And by Avadim, there's greater no Indian of Mitzvah But by Sukkah, where we're handling the Kiyom Mitzvah Sukkah, since he did the Avera of Lech Sigzol, it's going to be a Mitzvah Habo in such a case. Now the Stipler asks on this, according to the Shittas, that there's like Sigzul by Karka, the Isser is Negei, even if Karka is not in Nigzal. So every case of a Sukkah should be a Mitzvah Baba And really it's Shver, even according to the Rishayim Mahal, there's no Isser of like Sigzal. There's still a case of Ainas Tvarim, he's bothering the person who he threw out of his Sukkah. Any case of take of Sukkot should be considered a Mitzvah Baba Avera. So the stipler answers, and 
the Mishnah Sarab Aaron from Aaron Kotl, we mentioned the previous daf several times, that the Dinah Mitzvah Babavera is only if it's nitfas in the Chepzah of the Mitzvah, a shame Chepzah Davera. There was an Avera done with a Chepzah. If it's only in Isra Gavra, Inas Dvarim, where somebody threw his friend out of his sukkah, true, he did a Maisa Avera. It's at least, even if you hold there's an Israelite signal, it's not a din on the chefts of the sukkah, it's not a sukkah gzula. He just did a maisa veira. Such a act won't be considered that the sukkah turns into a chefts of the surah, and therefore it won't be considered a mitzvah. However, the ritva deals with this kasha. Why don't we say it's a mitzvah bo ba'avera in our Gemara when Ruvain threw Shimon out of his sukkah? The ritual brings a taisvis that we only say something is a mitzvah bo ba'avera if it's something that's bodharatsois, like a carbon or a lulav. It makes ritzui to the Rabbeinu Shalaylam such a mitzvah is shayach the idea of mitzvah bo ba'avera. Sukkah is a maisa mitzvah like any regular Maisa Mitzvah. There's no Ritzu involved, and therefore, there's no Dinnitz Hababa Avera. The Ritva asks on this from the fact that we say that by Matzah Zula, one cannot be Yitzah, if he steals Matzah, he can't do the Mitzvah of Matzah with it because it's the Mitzvah Baba Avera. I, Matzah, is also not something that's Bolaratza, it doesn't have the same qualities of a carbon or a Lulav that come to the Munatsa, the Rabbi Shleilam, for something in particular, it's a regular Maisa Mitzvah. Why there do we say that there's an Indian of Mitzvah Bavera as well? Now, the Urchaner really deals with this Kasha, the Ritva Asantaisus, and he says that we really learn from Sukkah that normally Mitzvah Bavera is only applicable to a Mitzvah that has Ritzui involved. From the fact that the Torah said that a sukkah zula is possible, we learn from there that by the Aveir of Gezel, even if it's a mitzvah that doesn't have Ritzu involved, there too there will be a din of mitzvah of So it's one of two conditions. Either it's a mitzvah of Ritzu, like a carbon or lulav. Such a mitzvah, there is clearly the mitzvah of If it's the Aveir of Gezel, even if it's not a mitzvah of Ritzu, like sukkah, that too has the mitzvah of Avera. Therefore, by Matzik Zula, even though it's not a mitzvah of Ritzui, since it's the Isra of Gezel, in such a case, we will say it too has the din of mitzvah Bavera. Now, regarding the original Kasha, why don't we say it's a mitzvah Bavera here when Ruben threw Shimon out of a sukkah, the Ritva writes, and other Rishonim, something similar to what we mentioned before from the Stipler and Rebaran Kotler. The Ritva writes, since it is not considered a sukkah that's stolen, as Karka and Nixelas, and the Gazlan wasn't Kaina, the sukkah at all, it's still considered in the Rishus of the original Bailam, in such a case it's not Mitzvah Baba Havera, and the Achreinim are Masber, this Ritva, along the lines that we mentioned before, since it's not Nitvas and the Chefza of the sukkah, a shame sukkah Gzula, it's not a din in the Chefza, he did an Avera, but it's not a din in the Add some sukkah, such a sukkah won't be considered as a as mitzvah has to be something that's nitfas, that catches on to the chefts of the mitzvah.
Now, let's go a little further in the Gemara. The next Gemara brings the Machlaikas of Yudin Lachachamim, whether something that's Yavesh, that's dry, if it's puzzle. According to the Chachamim, it's puzzle. According to Yudah, it's kosher. Rava learns the Machlaikas is talking about by Luav Dafka, not by an Esrik. By Esrik, it says, creates Hadar. According to everybody, it has to be Hadar. The Shaila is whether we say it has to be Hadar by Luav also, do we say we're Makish, the Dalminim to Esrik or not? According to the Chachamim, we're Makish, Luluf to Esrik, and according to Rabbi Yehuda, we're not Makish, Luluf to Esrik, and therefore Luluf doesn't have to be Hadar. Rashi explains that the Machlaikis is whether they have a Kabbalah from the Rabbeim to make such a Hekish. Rabbi Yehuda doesn't have such a Kabbalah to make a Hekish like that, and the Chachamim do. However, Taisa says you don't need a Kabbalah from your Rabbi to make a Hekish. The only thing that you need a Kabbalah for. For the Yud Gimel Midah, everything else a person can be done me'atzmai. So therefore, Taisus understands that the Machleks of Yehud and the Chobim is not whether there's such a hekish that they got the Kabbalah from the Rabbeim. Rather, the Machleks is whether it's Mistaber to make a hekish. Do we say that it's Mistaber the Torah meant to compare Lulav and Hadassim and Aravis to Esrig? Esrig needs Hadar. Is it Mistaber the Torah said that Everything else also needs hadar, but if Rabbi Yehuda felt it was mustaber to be makish, asrik to all the other Arabinim to require hadar, he would also be able to make such a hekish. Now, so far the Gemara understands as a Hanukkah a clear premise that Rabbi Yehuda is made that asrik needs to be hadar. That's what the Torah says, creates hadar. The question is just about the other Dalaminim. Towards the end of the Amud, the Gemara brings a brisa that would seemingly challenge that Hanukkah. The Brisa says the Arab minim shebelulav. You can't take less than four minim. You can't add onto the four minim. If he doesn't have an esrog, the Brisa says leovi leforish leirima, and he shouldn't bring different kinds of fruits. In place of the esrog, if you don't have an esrog, just don't take anything else to replace it. Then the Brisa continues kmushin sheirin. If it's withered, it's kosher. Yveshim sulin. If it's dry, however, it's possible. Rabbi says even a Yavesh, even something that's dry, is kosher. And Rabbi tried to prove his point from Bnei Krochen that they used to Yarshin, Lulavin, from their grandparents. It was around for many, many years. It was clearly dry. So you see, people used to take Lulavin that are for sure Yavesh. So the Chacham answered, there's no Raya from there. Ain't Shasad Chak Raya. There was Shasad Chak. They couldn't possibly get their hands on kosher, on moist Lulavim, therefore they use Yavish. But if there's a choice, if it's not such a Shasad Chak, of course they'd have to take something that's not Yavish. So the Gemara understood that when the Brisa said that according to the Chom Yavashin are Psula and Rebuda says Yavashin are Kosher, it's Mash what's going on is Shraigim. That's what the Brisa was talking about right before that. That Layavi, Layavarish, Layriman, Layavar Acher. And then the Brisa says Yavashin are Psula and Rebuda says they're Kosher. It's Mash that the Brisa is going on is Shraigim. You see that Rabbi Yehuda holds an Esrog Hayavish is kosher. Stigmar says, no, it's not a raya. Rabbi Yehuda holds an Esrog Hayavish is possible. What's the Brisa talking about when it says, Rabbi Yehuda says, Yavashin Akshayar, it's talking about a lulav. Lulavin Yavashin Akshayar. Esrogin that are Yavish are possible, even according to Rabbi Yehuda. That's how the Gemara holds so far. Now, the Brisa, as we mentioned, said that if somebody doesn't have an Esrog, he should not bring a different fruit to substitute for the Esrog. He shouldn't bring a parish or a remoin. Taisa says you can be dying from here that if somebody doesn't find kosher dal minim, let's say a kosher esrig, 
If the Esrig is Yavesh, or it has a Chazaz, it's a Postal Esrig. It's Mashma from the Brisa that he could still take this Postal Esrig and make a Bracha on it. From the fact that the Brisa said, you shouldn't bring a Remine or a Parish with Mashma, a Postal Esrig, you may take and make a Bracha on. Texas says, Yesh Litchais, it's not Muchach. It could be the Brisa is telling us a Chiddush that you shouldn't take a Parish or a Remine because you might come to make a mistake the next year and assume that that's okay, as the Gemara says in Amad Beis. But of course, you still cannot take a puzzle and make a bracha as an Esrig is puzzle. How can you make a bracha on it? However, Tysus, Firzayus Tysus Maskana is that one may make a bracha on a puzzle, one of the Dalad Minim, if he has nothing that's kosher. As the Gemara says, from the case of the Bnei Krachem that used to inherit their lulavim, their dry lulavim from their grandparents, and they used that, and they obviously made a bracha on it. Nacham just answered, Ain shasad chak raya. They're shasad chak. That's why they use the evasion. If it's not shasad chak, you may not. But Taisus understands that according to Nacham, if it is shasad chak, everybody holds you can use lulavayavish. You can use a possible lulav. So Taisus proves from here that if somebody doesn't have a kosher in one of the Nalaminim, he may in fact use a puzzle want to make a bracha, just like the Bnei Krochen used to use Lulav and Yevesh and dry Lulavim, even according to the Chachamim that hold the Lulavayavish puzzle. However, this sheet of Taisus is Bechlam Pashat. The sheet of the Ravid is that one may not make a bracha on a puzzle one of the Nalaminim. What the Gemara says that they took a b'shasad chak is not that they made a bracha, not that they were yet to the mitzvah. They had a right to make a bracha in such a case. The reason they took it was they shouldn't forget the idea of doing a mitzvah of the al When they are able to get kosher ones, then they'll take a yet to the mitzvah and do a bracha. So they shouldn't forget it. They used to take even puzzle ones, but of course, there's no mitzvah and there's no bracha. However, the Rush disagrees with the Ravid's assertion when the Gemara says, Ein Shasad Chak Raya, it's not mashm like the Ravid that they just took it, Shleitishtakach Teras Lulav. When the Gemara says, Ein Shasad Chak Raya, it's mashm, by Shasad Chak, they did in fact have a right to take this Lulav, and they did in fact be Mekayim Mitzvah and actually made a bracha. So the Rush explains the reason that they took the Lulav HaYovish when they didn't have a choice, because B'Shasad Chak, is because the idea of the kashras and pasalas of the Dalad Minim is something that Masra Nakasad Lachachamim. The Torah gave over the right to decide what's kosher, what's not, what's considered hodr, what's not, to the Chachamim. The Chachamim decided that something that's Yavesh is not hodr, and therefore one may not be yaitz with it. However, B'Shasad Chak, the Chachamim were mekel. They have a right they have to control what is considered hodr, what's considered kosher or apostle by Dalad Minim. B'Shasad Chak, the Chachamim, saw it fit to allow Dalminim, that are Yavesh, to be taken, even with a bracha, the Mekayim, the Mitzvah with it. That's how the Rosh understands our Gemara. Now, the Ramah actually paskins that there are those that are machshir to take Ulul of Yavesh, even to make a bracha on it, if there is no Lulav that's not Yavesh around. That's like Shitas Hataisus and Shitas Harash. However, this machlaikis, if this kula is said only regards to lulav, a dry lulav like Agamar is talking about, or even to hadasam and aravais, if there are no moist hadasam and aravais to be found. According to the Rambam, the kula in Agamar is only talking about a lulav that's yavish. If it's a hadas or a rava, one may not take it and make a brach on it. 
if it's a different psul of chaser or something else, there again is not going to be any hatter to take it when it's possible with a bracha. According to the Rambam, the hetter is said only for a lulav and only if it's yavish. And that's how the Ramah starts out in the end of Simon Tavresh Test. When he brings this halacha, he brings the Shita Sarambam that it's only by a lulav. However, afterwards, the Ramah brings the Shita Sagos Maimini and the Mordechai that hold that one may be makal even by a hadas that's yavish, as the kula was said not only by a lulav, it's actually said by all the Arbaminim. Now there's another machlaikis. We mentioned that Ramam holds only if it's a lulav and only if it's yavish. If it's another psul, if it's mechaser or nikdam, in such a case the Ramam would not allow one to take this puzzle lulav, even if there's nothing else. However, there are many poskim that disagree. The Rav Yah holds that even other psulim, chaser, nikdam, it wouldn't matter if it's impossible to find a kosher one of the Dalaminim, he may take a puzzle on regardless of which psul it is. Now, Lachaira, the Machlaikas, the Rambam, and the other Ashainim that are make even by other Minim or other psulim, it could be explained by what we can clarify. What's Pshat that the Chacham Malan want to take a Lulav that's Yavesh, Bishasat Chak? It can be explained that true, one is not Yavesh to anything. It's impossible to make the mitzvah with a yavish. Teres says hadar. This is not hadar. He's not yaitzay. Nevertheless, the chacham made a takana that they didn't want that it should be forgotten. Teres lulav. Imagine in a city where they can get a lulav that's kosher once every 20 years, so they're not going to take lulav for, tw- for 19 years. They'll forget about the whole mitzvah of lulav. The chacham didn't want that, so therefore they made a new takana to allow taking a lulav that's possible. Since it's not possible to get a lulav that's moist, so the chum were master with the lulav ayavish. That's one way to understand it. And if that's pshat in the Gemara over here, we can understand the Rambam. It holds it's only by a lulav and it's only by the psul of yavish. The chum made a takana for what they saw fit. It's not that one is yoy to the mitzvah with the lulav ayavish. It's a new takana. The chum said it's a new ma'is lakicha. It's not a kiyum of lakachtam lacham bayem rishain. It's a new din. The Chalm said, in places where it's impossible to find a lulav that's moist, then the Chalm allowed one to lulav to take a lulav that's yavesh. Now, according to the Ravid, we said there's no kiyum at all. The Rambam admits there's a kiyum, but that kiyum was only at the corner. The Chalm were masakin. The Chalm saw it fit to masakin by lulav, which is yavesh. It could be the Chalm saw that. That's common enough to require a new takana. It could be hadasan that are yavish are generally not that common. Generally, you could find the hadas that's not yavish, even if it's a situation where punked in that year in that city, they can't find the hadas that's moist. The chum didn't want to masak a new kind of lekicha of something that's puzzle. It could be that a lulav, if you can't find a lulav, it's not niktam. The Chum said that's not common enough to require a new takana. Lulav that's yavish, that's something that was common enough. The Chum saw it. Necessary to masakin a new kind of lekicha because they were afraid. Like the shtakach teres lulav. However, anything other than lulav, anything other than yavesh, is not important enough, not common enough to necessitate a new takana. Therefore, the Rambam learns that the kul in our gemara is only by a lulav and only if it's yavesh, not another mean and not another psul. However, the ravya 
and that goes that we mentioned. Rav understands that it's a kula in any psul. That goes and the Mordechai understands it's a kula in all dalminim. They're learning like the Rosh that Moshe Rabbeinu and therefore the Chachamim saw it fit to be Michael when there's no choice. They have have a right to be mevater on what they require for the Dalminim when the Shasat Chak. So it can work for any one of the Dalminim and for any one of the Psulim. The truth is we can explain the Shitas Haravya and Shitas Agos Maimini even according to the Svaro that we said in the Rambam. That the Chachamim Masakin and Nunatil, it's not that they were mevater on their prerequisites. Rather, it's taka medirayasa. The lulav is possible. The hadas is possible. But the mechamu m'saken anunatila. So therefore, they understand that the kula is broader than the way the Rambam understands it. The Rambam says it's a special takana and they were only m'saken where they said they were. Mufurish in the Gemara. Only by lulav and by yavish. The other Rishayim say that since the idea is shasat chak, they allowed anunatila. So they allowed anunatila not only for lulav, but for all the daladminim and for all the psulim. But that's clear. The Rambam that says it's only by Lulov and only by Yavish must be learning the way we explain that it's a new Takana. And that new Takana was only said in the particular instance of a Lulov that's Yavish and not in any other situation. Now, according to Rashi, that understands that Din Hadar by Dalad Minim is really Din Hidra Mitzvah, as he explains in the beginning of the Perik, that Chorinim amongst them, some Seifer, understand that Shitas Rashi is. By Dal Minim, the Torah says that Hidra Mitzvah is Ma'akev, but the Gedr is a Din and Hidra Mitzvah. It could be that the Pshat and the Kula is very easily understood. Normally, Hidra Mitzvah is not Ma'akev. By Dal Minim, where the Torah says Hadar, it is Ma'akev. It could be B'Shasat Chak, where it's not Shaiti Mikhaim Hadar, then it has the Din of all other Mitzvahs. Then Hidra Mitzvah is not Ma'akev. So it could be that Midiraisa. The Chacham understood that the Hidra Mitzvah is not going to be Ma'akev over here. And that's why they allowed one to take a Lulav that's Yavish. And technically the Svar should apply to any Psul of Hadr. Or, even though it's only Hidra Mitzvah, but the Arais is Likuva, but the Chachamim wanted the person to be kind of the Mitzvah, if necessary, without the Hidra. So at least do the Iker Mitzvah without that. So it'll take be a Takana. It'll be a Kula that the Chachamim allowed want to take it, or commanded want to take it, even though he's not yet to the Arise, at least with the Rabbanon, he'll have some sort of a kiyum, because Hidr Mitzvah is something extraneous, it's not part and parcel of the Etzah Mitzvah. So we can explain according to that, why we're Mekel, just by Yavesh, and not by other Psulim. However, that would have to include all Psulei Hadar, because there's no difference between Yavesh and other Psulei Hadar, according to this Svar that we mentioned. That the Kul is a kul in the din of Hidr Mitzvah. But the psul of Chaser, or another psul like that, would not be included in this takana. Now, getting back to the Gemara, the Gemara says, Amar Amar, by Matzah Esreg, if one didn't find an Esreg, he still shouldn't bring a pomegranate or any other fruit in place of the Esreg. So the Gemara says, Pshita, what's the Havim? Of course one can't do that. So the Gemara says, Mao de Saima Laisi, Teres Esreg. You might think that it's Kedai to take a different fruit just in order that people shouldn't forget about the mitzvah taking an esrog, kamash malon, that the Chum don't want you to do that. One may come to start taking a pomegranate instead of an esrog next year and the year afterwards, 
Therefore, the Chum say, don't take something else instead of an asterisk. Now, Turi Evan, in Avni Miluim, in Mesechtis Rosh Hashanah, Dav Chavches, asks the Kasha, why is the Gemara concerned about a Chashash, that in the future, Dilmos Lemisrach, you may come to make a mistake that the next year you'll start taking a pomegranate instead of an esrik. We have a much more serious chashash. We have a chashash that will be over Baltigra. The Torah says one should take four minim. If he takes three minim, he's over Baltigra. It's an isra diraisa. So Turi Evan proves from here, and his other eyes, that the isra of Baltigra is only if somebody's mekayim the mitzvah and he took less than what the Torah commanded him to. But if someone puts only three tzitzis on his baguette, or he has three parishes of tefillin, or takes three minim, where the Torah said one may, must take four in order to fulfill the mitzvah, in such a case, that's not called Baltigra. Baltigra is only where he's making the mitzvah, but he's doing less than he's supposed to. If somebody is not making the mitzvah at all, if what he doesn't take is actually ma'akev the mitzvah, in such a case we say there's no iser of Baltigra. He's not making the mitzvah at all. He's not mitigating from the mitzvah, he's not making at all. Now, getting back to the Gemara, the Gemara brings a brysa that Esrog Hayashan, an old Esrog, which is clearly not Hodder, it's definitely Yavesh, it says Rabbi Yehuda's Machshir. So you see clearly that Rabbi Yehuda holds that there's no din of Hodder according to Rabbi Yehuda, even by an Esrog. So the Gemara says Tiyuf to the Rav. It's clear that Rabbi Yehuda holds you don't need Hodder, even by an Esrog. So the Gemara asks, I'll prove to you that Rabbi Yehuda does necessitate the din of Hodder by an Esrog. It says, Hayari Kekarti, an Esrog that's green, like Karti, Rameyer says it's kosher, Rabbi says it's possible. So you see, Lechayr, the Rabbi holds that it has to be Hodor, and since it's green, it's not considered Hodor, and therefore, he's not Yoytza Esrik. So the Gemara answers, no, the reason Rabbi Yehuda passes by green is not because it's not Hodor, rather because it's not Gemara Pri, the Pri wasn't fully developed it to a full Pri, and therefore, he's not Yoytza with it. The Torah says it has to be a Pri, it's Hodor. This is not a Pri. Now, Taisvis deals with definition of Yorick Ikarti, what does that mean? Taisus handles whether it's green or blue. And Taisus Lemais understands that Yorick Ikarti means that what we call green, that'll be puzzle. If it's yellow, Taisus understands that such a Yorick is kosher, even though Taisus really dealt with that also, it's not so clear. Taisus Maskana is that if it's yellow, it's fine. If it's green, Taisus says it's kosher if we know that eventually it's going to turn yellow. Because that's considered a Gemara Pri. If it's not going to turn yellow, it's not a Gemara Pri. If it's going to turn yellow eventually, even though now it's still green, it's kosher. That's what Tysus holds, and that's how it's really paskined by most of the Rishayim. However, the Bach holds that if it's green right now, even though eventually it will turn yellow, it's still going to be possible. Because the Bach understands our Gemara that says that the psul of green, according to Rabbi Yehuda, is only because it's not Gemar Pri. That's only because we're trying to explain the Mishnah even according to the understanding that Rabbi Yehuda holds that you don't need Hadar. But Ladidan, according to us that hold that we do need Hadar, the Gemara's Svara never really was pushed away Ali B'de Emes. The Gemara that understood that the psul of green is because it's not Hadar, the Gemara never discarded that entirely. The Gemara just said that can't be taichin in the Mishnah according to Rabbi Yehuda because Rabbi Yehuda holds that you don't need other. So there must be another reason why green is possible, and that's because it's not Gemara Pri. But the Gemara did not give up on the idea that if it's green, it's not Hadar. Therefore, the Bach says, according to us, that we need Hadar by Esrig as well, 
if it's green, even if it's going to turn yellow, eventually it's still going to be possible. That shit sabach, kmat all the paiskim disagree and say that the psul of green is only because it's not kmat pri and not because it's not hadar. However, we find a chai odom that echoes a similar sentiment to the bach in regards to the next gemara. The next gemara says that tashma. Shear Esther cut in the shear of the small Esther, the minimum shear of an Esther, according to a mayor, is it has to be an egois at least, or you it has to be at least the size of Kibetza. I think one understands that the problem must be because if it's not the size of a Kibetza, it's not harder. So you see that Abuda holds that you need harder in an Esther. Slingmore says no. The reason Rebuda says if it's not the size of kibetzah, it's not a kosher esrog, it's not, because anything less than a kibetzah, it's not a full pre, it's not a gemar pre. But, as far as hadar, Rebuda holds, you don't need hadar. The chsarin less than a kibetzah is for a different reason. Now, l'chayra, the nafkamina between whether it's a din in hadar or a din in gemar pre, what happens if it hit the size of a kibetzah? And during chalamayit, it was netstamik, it got smaller. Even before Cholamayid, at one point it was a Kmar Pri. I know for certain it's a f- developed full Pri because it hit the Sashir of Kibetza. Afterwards, it got smaller to less than a Shir. What will be the halach in such a case? If the reason is because of Kmar Pri, the Esrik should be kosher. If it's a Chasar and Hadar, anything that's less than a Beta is not Hadar, then he won't be Aitzah with it. The Chay Adam Paskins, the Biralacha, brings it in the end of. Tafresh Memches, that if an esrog was the size of a kibetzah, and afterwards it got in its stomach, it got smaller, it lost some of its size, it got to less than a kibetzah, the Chayodim says it's possible because it's not harder. You see that the Chayodim also reads our Gemara to understand that even though the Gemara writes that the reason, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that you need a sheer kibetzah is because it's not Gemara Pri, but the Gemara doesn't fall away from the Havamina that it's a Chisarn and Hadar as well. Just Rabbi Yehuda can't pass it because of a Chisarn and Hadar, because Rabbi Yehuda doesn't hold you need Hadar by Esrik. But according to us that hold you need Hadar, we would have a psul of an Esrik less than a Beitzah, besides the reason of not being a Marpri, there would be another reason to pass it because it's not Hadar. That Svar didn't fall away. And therefore, according to us, if he had an esrog that was the size of a kibetzah and afterwards it got smaller to less than a kibetzah, it still will be puzzled because it's not hotter, even though we know for sure there was a fully developed gemara pre. So the Bach's understanding of the gemara is not his own. We see that the chayodim also uses the same logic on the next piece of gemara, the gabi the size. However, halacha for whatever reason, the mishnah Ruhr does not pass in the Bach. He doesn't pass in. One has to be chayshish for the sheet of the Bach that if it's green, it's possible. Whereas Legabe, the shear of Kibetza, if it got less than a Kibetza, the Bir does actually bring that sheet as chayodam and say that one should not use it because it's not the shear of Hagar. The Mishnabura obviously does not understand that these two sheetas are tali habaha. The way we're explaining it in the Sugi Lechayra, the two sheetas are actually intertwined. Now, one more Nakuda on the blot. Towards the bottom of the Amr, the Gemara says that if a lulav is nistak, it's kosher. If it's slit, as Rashi explains, nistaku alin, the top parts of the leaves were slit, the lulav is kosher. In fact, the Gemara, you're telling me something that's nistak is kosher, I'm going to show you a bracha that says that saduk is possible. So if Papa answers on the top of Amr, Bezam and Aleph, 
When does it say it's possible the Ovid Kihimnik? If it's slit into a situation where it looks like a hymnic, Rashi defines a hymnic as a kind of clay made out of metal that Seifram uses. It has two heads that go in different directions, clearly split away where the Lulav grows, that it has something that looks like two shedras, half the Lulav's alan are going one way, and half the Lulav's leaves are going another way, such a case, it's going to be possible even though it's slit. However, if just the top of the leaves are slit, it doesn't actually make it look like the Lulav is split in half, in such a case, there won't be a psal of Nistak. Now the Ran, another Rishayim ask Akash over here, why do we say that only if it's Nistak Kehimnik? It's split in such a way that it looks much like two Lulavim, two separate groups of Alan going in two different directions. That's when it's possible. But if it's Tam slit, it's kosher. The Gemara later on in the Omid says that the Nechlaka Tumis, that the Tumis is split, the Lulav is possible. Here we say it has to be much like a Himnik. How do you get these two Gemaras to work in tandem? So the Iran answers several Tirutsim. His first Tirutz is that Nechlaka Tumis, when the Gemara says that Tumis is slit, that Allah has its possible, that's only if it was Nechlak Berube, if Roiv of the Tumas was split. However, the halacha of Nistak Kehimnik that's possible, that's even if it's a Himnik of the slightest size, even if it's just the top of the Tumas, if the two edges of the Tumas look like a Himnik, it's going to be possible, not like Rashi. Rashi learns that it has to mamash split down all the way till the beginning of the Shedra, and it looks like it's coming out of two different sides, but from the Shedra, according to the Ran, to answer the Kasha, what's the difference between Nista Kehimnik and Nechlekat Humus? The Ran says that the din of Himnik is even a mashu on top, that'll be enough to parcel the Lulav. Whereas by Nechlekat Humus, it would have to be Roiv of the Allah Imsay, Roiv of the middle leaf of the Tumus. By Himnik, as we said, it's only even a mashu on top, is enough to parcel as long as it looks like a Himnik. There's another Mahalath the Ran brings amongst others that Nechlekat Humus is not by the middle Allah, by the middle leaf that we all call it humus. It means that roiv of the leaves where they're connected, the lulav leaves are always a double leaf that's connected by the back. If roiv of the leaves were split in half by most of their length, that's a psal of nechlekat humus. But there's no psal of nechlekat humus just by the middle leaf. Whereas regarding the psal of nistakehimnik, that the Rana asserts is possible even if it wasn't in most of the leaves, rather it was just in the middle leaf, that is where the psal of nistakehimnik applies. Now, the Bi'ar Loch on the end of Simon Tafresh Memhei really brings a Shitas Halavush and the Levush Esrod that say that the Shulchan Aruch that holds that the din of Nechlekat Humus is only if most of the leaves were opened up. It's not in the Tumus. According to the Ramah, it's a psal, even if it was just in the Tumus, the middle leaf itself, if it was opened up, Roiv, or Tildeshedra, different Shitas, what the Shir is, that's going to be the psal of Nechlekat Humus. According to the Shulchan Aruch, there's nothing special about the middle leaf. There's nothing special about what we call the Tumus. The psal of Nechlekat Humus is most of the leaves were opened up most of the way. The Levush and Levush Yisrael say, according to that, when we deal with the psal 
of Nistekehimnik as well, the Shulchan Aruch holds, there's nothing special about the middle leaf. There's nothing special about what we call a tumus. Therefore, the Psal of Nistekehimnik is also where most of the leaves were Nistekehimnik, where they were opened up. It might not have to be Reuvedal, even a little bit, but it has to be by most of the leaves. As the Mechaber himself holds, there's nothing special about the middle leaf, about what we call a tumus. The Ramah learns that Nistek Kehemnik is a psalm of humus because Nechlekat humus is also in what we call the humus in the middle leaf. There it has to open up most of the way or all the way. Nistek Kehemnik is even if it's a small bit, as long as it appears like as a hymnic, it's going to be possible. However, the Bi'ar points out, according to the Ran that we just mentioned, the Ran understands that by Nechlekat humus, by the psalm of Nechlekat humus, it's going on most of the leaves, less than that it won't be possible. Yet, by the din of Nistekehimnik, the Ran holds that that will be a psul even by the middle leaf alone. And doesn't need most of the leaves to passel the lulav. So it's possible even according to the Shulchan Aruch, the Paskins by Nechlekat Yumas. It is a psul only if most of the leaves are Nechlekar split open. It could be the psul of Nistekehimnik that Agamar is talking about. It's possible to be a psul even if it's just in the middle leaf and that's clearly the Ran Shita. According to the terrorists that we just said from him, the Nechlekat Yumus is by most of the leaves, whereas the Psul of Nistekehimnik is by the middle leaf alone. So it's possible that's how the Shulchan Aruch also holds. The Nechlekat Yumus is by most of the leaves, and by the Psul of Nistekehimnik, that can be Paisal, even if it's just in the middle leaf. Now, interesting to note, the Magadaram gives an interesting tarot to the Ran's Kasha. Again, the Ran asked, what need the Psal of Nista Kehimnik? Nechlekat humus already, the Gemara later on says, and I'm based on my Aleph, that it's a Psal, why do I have to come into this new Psal of Nista Kehimnik? So he mentioned a couple of truths from the Ran already. The Magadaram answer is a tremendous Chiddush. He says that the Psal of Nista Kehimnik is even if it's a Himnik on the leaves that are on the side of the middle leaf, that are on the side of the tumus. There too it's possible to be Chal, the Psal of Nista Kehimnik, whereas the Psal of Nechlekat humus can only be in the middle leaf and not on the, so- the leaves on either side of the tumus.